For the nation news at rondonradio.com. All right, you guys, what's going on? Welcome to episode 403 now of the Ron and Don Show. And heck yeah, we are live from the Les Schwab studio. What's up, Ron and Don Nation? Hey, coming up on the Ron and Don Show, being rich and being happy, is it the same thing? Not according to opinion piece in the New York Times. We're going to talk about that. Also, we got to give you the update about the gentleman who was flying with a pilot. And the pilot, we thought, had passed away, had some kind of cardiac event. Anyway, this gentleman who had never flown a plane before ended up landing a plane. And we wondered on last week's podcast, what happened to the pilot? We have an update on him. Before we get to that, though, let's get to this cryptocurrency. I think a lot of people, as they look at the stock market, are saying to themselves, hey, where can I put my money? Because it looks like the stock market just went through a 4% correction, and maybe there's more on the way. That's why we see a lot of people out there investing more and more in single-family homes and multifamily homes and condos, vacation rentals, all that stuff. We even see lots of LLCs and people in the stock market on Wall Street are beginning to buy up Main Street. That's another reason why sometimes it's hard as hell to go out there and find a house and find a home. Well, I had one guy that was staying at one of my vacation rentals, and I asked him if he worked, and he said, nope. said about a year ago, he struck it rich in cryptocurrency. He was 31 years old, and he said, you know what? I am retired. Uh, We see guys like Tom Brady really pushing cryptocurrency. We see Matt Damon pushing cryptocurrency. Ron, cryptocurrency has come very mainstream, and it seems like any phishing scam that is going on on social media or people that are approaching me on my cell phone or an email, it's somebody wanting to help me get rich through cryptocurrency. But uh uh-oh, something just happened with cryptocurrency, Yeah, over $300 billion, with a B, $300 billion in crypto valuation has disappeared in a very short amount of time. And it all centers around a 30-year-old guy named Do Kwan. He graduated from Stanford a couple years ago. And in right out of Stanford, he started to try and invent a new cryptocurrency. So I'm going to have to go a little bit in the weeds here for a second, but hopefully this will make sense. So one of the biggest problems with crypto is that you have to get whatever currency you have. So for us, it'd be the dollar. How do you get your dollar into crypto? How do you exchange it? Like when, when you and I uh, were in England, you go to the bank and you can give them a dollar and they will give you British pounds. Or if you were in France, you can give them a dollar and they'll give you a euro or a part of a euro. And so how do you do that for crypto when you can't go to the bank and hand them a dollar and they give you part of a Bitcoin? That's not what happened to me in France. I went there and tried to give a dollar. Like, oh, you're a dumb American. Get the hell out. Exactly. That's what happened, That's what happened to me. Yes. No, no croissants <laughs> for you. <laughs> no baguette for you. And so so yes. there, there, there had to be some sort of exchange. And so these exchanges were invented. And one of the problems with those is, well, so let's say I have $1,000 
and I want to convert it to not just Bitcoin, but other these other coins. Where, where can I keep it? Because it's not a dollar anymore. Um, it's now in the crypto world. Where do I keep that? So this idea came about a few years back called a stable coin. So now a stable coin was the exact same value as a dollar. So think about it this way. You have $1,000. I'm going to trade them in uh, to the crypto world. And now I have 1,000 stable coins. They're ex worth exactly the amount of a dollar. If a dollar goes up in, in the real world, my stable coin will go up the exact same amount. And so now if I'm trading or making purchases or buying stuff in the cryptocurrencies, I can put it back and forth from a stable coin into Bitcoin, into Ethereum, into whichever coin I want to use. And, and I want to keep my my cash, if you will, in this stable coin. And, and usually for the longest time, that was backed by actual dollars. So the stable coin, if there was a billion dollars in this stable coin, that stable coin company had a billion dollars in U.S. currency to back the billion dollars in stablecoin. Are we making sense so far? It's yeah, important to get this concept. totally makes sense. And, and then you could see it would be important for, for there to be some type of stablecoin in order for crypto to go mainstream because stablecoin helps uh, people like me understand what my crypto is is really worth because then i can think in dollars it's like speaking two languages sometimes right. at the same time so what do kwan and, and some other people like him wanted to do is they said we want to take regular currency completely out of the equation so it shouldn't matter if someone's in nigeria if they're in russia if they're in south america or they're in the united states they should be able to operate in the crypto world. So we want to take the currency out of there. So can we invent a stable coin that is not tied to the US dollar? It's not tied to the British pound. It's not tied to the euro. It's going to be its own thing. And so that's, and he's like, I went to Stanford. I invented this new thing. It's going to be an algorithmic stable coin. And we're going to, I'm going to tie it to this thing called the Luna. So track with me here for a minute. So Do Kwan goes out, he invents this, this stable coin. It's tied to Luna. Luna is not tied to any real world currency. And so in his mind, and then he would go out online and hype this thing. And the, the interesting thing about Do Kwan is he took a page out of Donald Trump's book. And he would go out on Twitter and become super bombastic. He would call people retards. If someone questioned his stable coin uh you know this luna coin he would say there's no he's like i'm not even going to respond to stupid and so he just became the super bombastic guy he would do videos he'd go to conferences and he people started to buy into this it was like this guy is so confident and so enigmatic and so charismatic surely and he went to stanford like surely he he's on to something here and they started pumping money into luna in this stable coin and it skyrocketed up it was there was a lot of uh, momentum behind this coin, and so what happened basically is you had this super inflated thing called Luna, tied to this thing called uh, the Luna stablecoin, and then and this is where it's really weird. Someone went out on Twitter and engaged with the with Do Kwan on online and said, "Couldn't we do this and totally destabilize Luna?" 
And then they, they, he came back and called him stupid and you're an idiot and all this stuff online. So the guy bet, made a wager. He goes, I want to bet you that your coin is going to lose value by this date. I'll bet you a million U.S. dollars. And so Do Kwan, because he's a super bombastic guy, is like, there's no way my code is bad. Of course, I'll bet you a million dollars. Then other people jumped on this thread. They want a part of the action. So at the end of it, $11 million had been wagered. They took that money in Bitcoin, gave it to a, a third party, and said, We're, we have this, this bet is on. So the guy goes out, and he just delineates how you would crash this coin. He just puts it out there on the internet. And he basically was like, if someone had a lot of money, they could do this and it would totally crash Lunacoin. And then Do Kwan came on. He's like, you're an idiot. That would never happen. Da, da, da. And his followers are called Lunatics. Lunatics. All the Lunatics jumped in. It was this feeding frenzy and they drove the price up. Well, basically what happens is exactly what that guy said. Mm. If you did X, Y, and Z, they would crash Luna. So Luna started going down. And then the algorithmic stablecoin tied to Luna started going down. And so people that were watching this that are in the know were like, wait, it, it would be like you and I waking up today and our dollar is now worth 90 cents. And then we wake up the next day and our dollar is now worth 50 cents. And then we wake up the next day and our dollar's worth 20 cents. That feels like what's been happening with, with inflation here over the last... <laughs> right. I, I, don't, I don't think you're too far off. And so there, that feels exactly... I think that's exactly what's been happening. There was one firm that put $3 million into Lunacoin and is now worth three cents. Wow. Because Lunacoin is now worth a fraction of a fraction of a penny. Yeah completely imploded and this stable coin is also imploded so there's many people in there we talked about mental health in a previous episode there are many people that there are suicide hotlines all over the message boards for these stable coins because people especially in foreign countries there's a story of a guy i think he was in nigeria he scrabbled together four thousand dollars this is when a country that makes two dollars a day and put it all into lunacoin doubled his money was super excited about it and then in the span of like a week lost it all and so he thought about suicide but in his culture it's just something you don't do and it would disgrace his mother so he didn't kill himself but he thought about it so there there are probably going to be people that take their lives that lost their life's fortune in this deal mm. but it rippled out so not only did lunacoin lose all of its value Bitcoin was cut in half and across the crypto marketplace, uh, $300 billion was lost in, in about two weeks. Wow. So what does the creator of LunaCoin say now? He, uh, who used to tweet all the time, has gone given one tweet. And so he has disappeared and he has asked for 24-hour security in Korea because people are starting to show up at his doorstep. Wow. Okay. We'll see you on the other side of this. Hey, it's Ron and Don here for Les Schwab. They've been sponsors of the Ron and Don Show for going over a decade. You know, summer's almost here. That means it's time to have your tire tread checked at Les Schwab. One of those regular maintenance things that we never do. Why should we do that? Because that tread is literally where the rubber meets the road. Stop by Les Schwab and have your tire tread checked for free. No charge at all. Or schedule an appointment at LesSchwab.com. And if you do need new tires, right now you can save up to $150 on a set of four select tires with Les Schwab financing. Learn more at LesSchwab.com slash sale. That's Les Schwab Tires, where they've been doing the right thing since 1952. 
Attorney Ann Fitzpatrick needed to move to Tacoma for family reasons and turned to Ron and Don for help. The market was tight, but Ann spotted what could be the perfect house. It was Thanksgiving Day, though, so she emailed the guys and told them, hey, don't worry about it until tomorrow. And of course, they ignored what I said about don't work on Thanksgiving. And we immediately got in with an inspector the very next morning, uh, you know, immediately started strategizing. Ron and Don told them there'd be plenty of competition and a fierce bidding war. So instead of waiting, they came up with a strategy to put on the full court press and make an early offer to convince the seller to go with Ann. We actually managed to scoop up this house before anybody else had a chance. So if you're looking to buy in such a tight market anywhere around the sound, you need a team on your side with deep expertise, creativity, and tireless dedication to their clients 24-7, even on holidays. And it all starts with a Ron and Don sit-down at ronanddonsitdown.com. It's G-Force O'Neill. Thanks for listening to my dad and his boyhood friend, Mr. Ron. All right, you guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show. Don't forget, if you need uh, Mitch, go to Mitch.Loans.com. Tell me you're part of the Ron and Don Nation. No.com, just dot .loans. Is that right? Yeah, Mitch.Loans. Oh, Mitch.Loans, yeah. Also, Ron and Don, sit down.com if you want to sit down with us today. Thanks for everyone that's been sitting down. Uh, another record-breaking year. Ron showed me the numbers the other day. And you guys, we are just so happy. To I be- only use the greatest numbers. Yeah. Uh, we're so happy to be a part of your real estate journey. So if you're buying, selling, investing, even if you want to understand what it's like to build a backyard cottage or start a vacation rental, reach out to us because um, we're experts in those things. So just reach out to us. And if you don't live in the Seattle area, that's okay. Uh, I just drove up to where did I drive up this week. I've been out to Woodby Island. I've been out to Snoqualmie. Mill Creek. I've been out to Mill Creek, Finn Hill. Uh, we just sold a farm down in Chehalis. So we're all over the place. We go anywhere that the uh, Ron and Don Nation needs us. All right. Ronandonsitdown.com. And we could do a virtual sit down today. It takes about 30 minutes and we'll just find out if we're going to be a good team. Yeah. Hey, I'm at the uh, point, I think, in my life where you start thinking about what does retirement look like? Where am I going to live when I'm retired? Uh, I was talking with my son about this the other day, because when he's 18, I don't know that I'll live in Seattle anymore full time. I think I'll always have a home here, and I love it here, especially on, especially you guys, when we get in spring, summer, early fall. I don't think there's a finer place to live, and especially now since we see the mayor doing a much better job of cleaning up the city with tents and RVs. Uh, Ron talked about that last week. And you can really see an improvement. You can feel it, yeah. Yeah, you can really see an improvement uh, in our city Unless right Unless you're behind the Home Depot. Yeah, And then yeah. it's a full-on village back Yeah, there. but we, whether you're an entrepreneur or whether you work for the man or the woman or the tech company, whatever that is, I think you do get to a point where you start thinking about what do my retirement years look like and what do I want to do and how active do I want to be? Uh, and do I want to be around family and friends? What's the geography look like? And then what's it going to cost? So- Anyway, interesting opinion piece this week, because I think a lot of people grow up thinking, hey, I want to be rich, but do they grow up thinking, I want to be happy? And are those two things the same things? Yeah, this was an interesting piece. And he's, when he's talking about rich, he's talking about the, not the 1%, one-tenth of 1%. And, and so this, this person went into this, and it's sort of a stat head guy, and he's like, all right, I want to look into the lives 
of the one-tenth of the one-percenters. And so he admits going into it, and I, I believe it was a he that wrote this article, going into it, he was like, this is going to be all tech people. It's going to be the Elon Musk of the world. It's going to be the Jeff Bezos, the Bill Gates. And what he found is that the zero, like that's 0.001%. He's like the 0.1%, the top one-tenth of 1%. He goes, most of the people in that category, I think you have to make one point. Six million dollars a year is the is the threshold, and he said most of them are business owners. And just to give you some kind of idea, if you make between four and five hundred thousand dollars a year, you're still in the top one percent in the U.S. as far as earners go. Which is, yes, this uh, is the top one tenth of one percent. And he said so. It was surprising. He said a lot of he found a lot of like car dealership owners. Hmm that would buy a bunch of acreage on the edge of town yeah. uh, and then sell cars year over year over year. They're protect, their regions are protected by law. So if you are the, you know, the Toyota dealer, a Toyota dealer can't move in across the street because you have that area. And so they can move in a couple miles away, but they can't move in right next to you. And so that type of person would uh, make a lot of money. But the key is, is that they bought the real estate. Think about most businesses that have like a triple net lease. It's the person that owns the building that's getting the triple net lease, not you. And that's one of the reasons why we know Amazon is never leaving Seattle. They don't lease those buildings. They own those buildings in South Lake Union and they bought those buildings. So I think they're going to be here for a while. If they lease those buildings, then I'd pull the rest of my hair out that I have left and probably sell all my real estate right now. I think of Nelson Chevrolet in Ballard, my friend Ann Marker Nelson, who I grew up with. Uh, her family owned that for centuries. And when it came time for her to run the, the Nelson Chevrolet, she said, you know what? The, things have changed in Ballard. People aren't driving Chevys. They're driving Subarus. Uh, this is no lo longer Chevy country. But the land that her great-grandfather bought over by the Ballard Bridge, that was worth so much money. And she said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to sell off the land and have a great life. So that's what car dealers have done is they go out, they buy the land, and sometimes selling cars is a way for them to buy and hold that real estate, right? When you do a vacation rental. Is it that you really want to run a rental? No, but it's a way for you to buy and hold a piece of real estate. So 10 years from now, you can sell that vacation rental and make a lot of money. Or maybe somebody paid down the mortgage on that rental and now you can move in and you can retire there, right? So I'm about to, I'm looking at some properties over in Maui right now. That's exactly what I'm going to do. You buy a place in Maui, you let somebody else pay that down. And then when it's time for me to really use it and not just visit it, but live there, somebody else has paid that down. That's what these car dealerships are doing. They're finding a way to hang on to that property. And the way to do it is to sell cars. So they said the 0.01%, the there's a lot of people that own car dealerships, quite a few people that owned a business. And so they didn't get a salary. They got a share of a business or they owned the business entirely. And so what they said is we've all heard this magic number of $75,000 that happiness doesn't necessarily increase much above 75,000. And this author was like, that's kind of true and kind of not true. So if you go from not having stable housing and not having stable food and not having a, a stable, uh, any sort of stability, if someone that's making 20 grand a year or $25,000 a year, and then they go to 75,000, your, your security and your happiness skyrockets. Now, if you go from like, 
okay, I had um, one car and now I want two cars or I have one house and I want two houses. You're, it's diminishing returns on happiness. But they did say uh, the thing that was really interesting is all the stuff that we already know. And so what they try to hammer home is I was surprised that the top 0.1% was not heavily loaded with tech people because it's not. It was, that was really surprising to me. The thing that was not surprising is that happiness across the board is all the stuff you already know. Hang out with people you love. Go to places that you really like. Um, spend more time in nature. Uh, and, and he also said people that report that have sex more often are happier. So he said, I could write the, the scientifically proven you algorithm. And I, you, and, you and I are three for four. <laughs> <laughs> he says, I can write the scientifically proven algorithm for happiness. Go get a house near water, beautiful views with someone you love and have sex. Yeah. He goes, that is, that is the recipe for happiness. Yeah. I love it. It's interesting. I, I was, I was talking to my son the other day and I'm, he has his own bank account. We're learning about credit. We're learning. Put it all in crypto. Yeah, we're 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 learning about every every time that somebody sends me from some money for one of our Airbnbs, I show him on my phone, and I'll say, you know what happened last night while we were sleeping? Thirty three hundred dollars arrived in our bank account, and then if you asked him how the thirty three hundred dollars got there, I think he could explain it to you. And the reason I explain this to him, because in school, we don't learn these things. We spend so much time on trigonometry, not enough time on the importance of a, uh, your credit report or understanding leverage, understanding money, uh, understanding what it's like to have a bank account, understanding what good debt is versus what's not good debt. If you ask my son, is debt a bad thing? He'll tell you no. I th- at least I think he will, because debt is not a bad thing. That is how people build wealth. But- the thing is, some of the things he's not learning at school, I'm trying to teach him at home. And it's interesting because I, I ask him from time to time, and this changes all the time. Uh, wh- we, we talk about the things that, that we want to do and the things we want to learn. What I don't do is I never ask him what he wants to do when he grows up because I think it's a bad question for kids. But he brings it up from time to time because his friends, and he talk about this. And he told me the other day he's going to be a race car driver. He doesn't want to be a kindergarten teacher. But he wants to volunteer in a in a kindergarten classroom, and so I, when he's not race car driving, he's That's a good career. He, he's going to volunteer in a so, and he has reasons for this, and we kind of talked it through. And so I explained to him, you know, being a volunteer sometimes, or even being a race car driver, can be pretty expensive because when you're a volunteer, it means you're not working, which means you're not bringing in money. Uh, also, a race car driver, you're putting out a lot of money because it costs a lot to uh, build and buy these race teams. But that got us talking about mailbox money. That got us talking about passive income. That's really never passive and forcing depreciation in our case on real estate and properties and and what that means. So, so we are learning about wealth and understanding wealth, but it's not important for either he or I, I don't think to be rich, but at the same time, we want to have some sense of wealth so we can go visit the places that we want to go. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to go. By the, I think when you're listening to this, I'll be in Maui, hopefully getting my diving cert like my son has and like Ron has. Mr. Ron has. You went to Costa Rica to do that. It's not cheap to go to Costa Rica and go diving, but it's something that you love and it's something that's life changing and it's something that you should spend money on. You have to have some sense of wealth 
in order to go on a trip like to Costa Rica or in my sense, say, hey, I'm going to go Maui and go get my diving suit. I can't wait to hear the story of the diving. So yeah, owning something leads to wealth and happiness increases diminishingly the more money you make. Yeah. Let's update you on the uh, that uh, pilot uh, on the other side of this. Hey, Ron and Don here with Mitch.loans. You can go there and get a loan and still save half a percent on the value of your loan. Mitch, interest rates have gone up and then they've gone up again. What does that mean for people buying a house? They have gone up and they're supposed to keep going up. So what it means is jump now, lock in that rate, and be happy that you did when rates get up to six, six and a half percent in a couple months here. Wow. Is that where is that where they're going? Six, six and a half? That's where they're going. That's what everyone's saying, and and we believe them because the Fed's going to keep hiking rates, and we're going to keep hiking rates to go along with them. All right. So how, how, how does how does a lock in work when you say lock it in? How, what, what what does that mean? So when you lock in your rate, it means that you have gotten accepted offer on a home, and at that day you get to choose your loan terms. You get a percent down, and you lock in an interest rate, which means for the life of your loan, you have that rate. It's not going to change. So even though it's still could be going up before you actually close on that property you're locked in you're locked into that you're rate. locked in for life yeah. all right let's go to mitch.loans right now if you're thinking about buying a house he has a special program for ron and don nation listeners where you can get one half of a percent of the value of your loan he can tell you all about those terms go to mitch.loans right now all right you guys welcome back to the ron and don show before we get out of here uh we told you a couple weeks ago about a pilot that had some kind of cardiac event. In a Cessna, by the way. This is not in a jet. He had a passenger who was on the plane, and the passenger had to jump on the radio and talk to mission control, if you will, and he had to figure out how he's going to land the plane. I had thought if this had happened in many parts of America, that the tower would have sent this gentleman over a body of water and basically just said, hey, pal... (laughs) We cannot afford you crashing this plane into a building or into an interstate or into a single family home or multi, whatever it is. Uh, So you're just going to have to take one for the team. That's not what happened here. In fact, the guy who was in the flight tower, uh, he started coaching this guy up and he coached him down, right? Yeah, he was a flight instructor in addition to being uh, in in an air traffic controller. And so he did this thing and they said it was just a miraculous Learning curve, basically. The guy stayed very calm, uh, obeyed all the commands, was able to land the plane. And it was at a commercial airport. So, like, there's a guy in a commercial 737 waiting to take off. And here comes a little Cessna. And, like, bounces off the runway. And there's audio of this Delta pilot talking to the towers, like, what was that? And he's like, dude, that guy just landed the plane. He's not a pilot. And the the real pilot was like, oh, my God, that was amazing. So we were left with the question. They never identified who the unconscious pilot was and what happened to him. And so now we're learning that the, in addition to training up this guy to land a plane, the people there also in air traffic control got uh, emergency vehicles at the ready because this person was unconscious and they thought that he may be dead. He had a cardiac event. So as they land the plane, he comes down, turns everything off. They immediately take this guy. Now they have to get him. I believe the nearest medical facility was like 11 minutes away. So lights and sirens, get this person out of the plane. They had to unstrap him, get all the gear and the headgear off, get him into the ambulance, take him there, and immediately go into this, uh, into trying to save his life. Because if you think about it, 
he was unconscious for in in the air for probably I don't know 15 minutes or so while they were trying to talk this guy into how to land the plane maybe longer than that by the time he got to the medical facility and I don't you you might know the statistic on this when you have a cardiac event like you're supposed to get medical care like everything after four or five minutes like your chances of survival uh, without like permanent damage just go down it's like a yeah, drop off yeah, yeah right. so after four or five minutes this guy's way past five minutes it's more like 50 minutes by the time he gets in there and so the word is and they have it still haven't released his identity but word is that not only did he survive he does not have permanent damage and they are releasing him from the hospital the cardiac surgeon there in florida is like this is a miracle he said not only that the his passenger was able to land the plane that's miracle number one miracle number two is he's like, if we're honest, most people like this, even if they make it to the hospital, at least half of them die within 24 hours. Uh, and then the, the majority of the people that don't die within 24 hours have permanent damage, permanent health things that they're dealing with. He's like, this person is going to go home from the hospital after being unconscious and in that plane at you know however many thousand feet he was at. He said, it's nothing short of a miracle. So it's basically a double miracle ending to this story yeah that's a little disappointing i was hoping for a triple miracle today a little disappointed mm. in your story tone mr ron hmm. anyway hey you guys thanks for stopping by listen to this episode of the ron and don show don't forget if you want to get the nation news i write something every week or ron writes something every week how do you get the nation news go to ron and don sit and just sign up at the top yeah also if you want to get in touch with us a lot of people do how can they get in touch with ron and don yeah you can go to ron and don sit down again and sign up for a sit down or just email me directly ron at windermere.com yeah and ron upshaw he's everywhere he's on twitter you find him on facebook very uh lots of cool stuff cool I'm pictures not on tiktok Talk. on instagram and uh Not tiktokin yeah and i'm uh don o'neill you can find me on facebook and give me a follow there or instagram i think it's don o'neill 34 as well 34 is for walter payton sweetness until you read the book called sweetness and then you realize walter payton not that sweet <laughs> anyway hey you guys we'll see you for the next episode of the ron and don show in the meantime you keep your head up shoulders back yeah you're listening to the ron and don show only on the ron and don radio network now keep your head up and your shoulders back and keep blowing that trumpet and we'll see you next time only 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 only, only on the ron and don radio network <laughs>